pig. You're a pig, mate. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Funny Business, a podcast for free thinkers. I'm Robbie Hicks. And what? And you're Lucky Bradford. <laughs> <laughs> and this is Snacks. No, I'm not meant to do the intro for Snacks, man. Well, anyway, you threw me off. You, you threw me off. I was like, am I meant to say something here? You, you did the biggest burp ever and then just clicked record as if like nothing had happened. <laughs> it was a bit awkward, you know? Hey, I know we're laughing now, but uh, we've got some serious issues we're going through today, don't we? Well, that's it. It's hump day headlines, snacks, you know, a bite-sized pod. We talk about news, behind-the-scenes topics and <laughs> things that caught our attention. <laughs> Whatever. Hey. You're here, you're listening, who cares? Whatever, huh? 45 seconds. I'm so sorry for wasting everyone's time. <laughs> Hope everyone's staying sane. We've been, out, we've been out of lockdown now for a day and we've gone bananas. <laughs> Eating too many sugar cubes. <laughs> Had a bit of social interaction. Anyway, so it's been a bit weird. Day headlines. First article coming out of uh, the ABC. This one is climate change report from the IPCC, a code red for humanity, United Nations chief warns. The Earth could just be 10 years away from heating by more than 1.5 degrees Celsius, a threshold beyond which even more serious and frequent fires, droughts, floods, and cyclones are expected to wreak havoc on humanity. That is one of the key conclusions of the most comprehensive climate report ever released, produced by the world's most authoritative body on climate science, the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change. Global warming has now reached about 1.1 degrees since, an in, since industrialization, according to the hundreds of scientists and governments that make up the IPCC. In Australia, warming has reached 1.4 degrees. The new report was a co-read for humanity. United uh, Nations Secretary General Antonio Guterres declared. The alarm bells are, uh, are deafening and the evidence is irrefutable. Greenhouse gas emissions from fossil fuel burning and deforestation are choking our planet and putting billions of people at immediate risk. The report set, uh, must set a death knell for coal, fossil fuels, before they destroy our planet. The viability of our societies depend on our leaders from government, business, and civil society uniting behind policies, actions, investments that will limit temperature rise to 1.5 degrees Celsius. The UK govern- government immediately called for the rest of the world to take urgent ac- action. There you go. Hey, man, like, jeez. It's pretty crazy, isn't it? Like growing up, you never really, in my household, or never really heard much about climate change and all that sort of stuff. You sort of saw it on the news every now and then, but I feel like we're way behind on where we should be. And um, it wasn't, who, didn't the dude uh, in the Australian government, the Parliament House, didn't he hold up a bit yeah, of coal? Scott, Scott Morrison came into Parliament House with a piece of coal, and he's also come out. <laughs> He, he's also come out on the back of this report and uh, another article from, from ABC. No blank checks on net zero carbon emissions target, Prime Minister says, as Global Code Red issued. Prime Minister Scott Morrison has again refused to commit to a target of net zero emissions by 2050 after an international code red, code red, code red <laughs> warning on climate change was issued by global leaders. I won't be signing a blank check on behalf of Australians to target without plans, blank checks, commitments you always end up paying for and you always end up paying high in higher taxes. There you go. So he's already, we're already one of the, like we in this report it's stated that we're just straight up shit house. Really? Yeah, like we're the... Out of 10, what are we? We're the, we're the, the laggards of the oh, uh, developed nations. That's, bad. That's, really, really bad. That's greedy, isn't it? It's just piggery, isn't it? I just, he just doesn't, there's, there was protests going on, people spray painted the... The House of Parliament. Then supposedly they they did this thing over the 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 tiles in front of the Parliament House. Yeah, and it won't come off. Oh really? Yeah, that's pretty funny. Oh, oh man, it's just 
it's crazy. You can't deny climate change. Science is real. Like you just need to, we need to start putting some actions in place. And it's up to the go- like that article said, it's up to the government and the leaders to really uh, take control of this because you know the people. You can just tell like the general population are just like, come on. You know what I mean? What the fuck is going on? But for the everyday punter, we, we've had some really interesting episodes with people who have perspectives on this around. All right, cool. If I'm waiting for big business, or I'm just, am I just a puppet or a pawn in this big machine? I don't, I can't make a difference. I think if you want to go back and listen to an episode, Matt Jones from Four Pillars Gin talks about a modern Australian business and what what that actually means. It means talking about doing things the right way, but not sprucing it as your marketing material. You know, he's they've they've full fully sustainable all the ways that they do and all the factories and their offices and stuff. But you don't see that at the forefront of what they're doing. They just do it because. That's what they believe is expected of a modern Australian business. People like Tessa Carroll and, and Ben at um, the Common Good Company who are putting sustainable ethical uh, ethical merch out in the world for people to have other options they can choose from for their small businesses. So I think that there's there's plenty out there that you can do. Uh, don't feel lost, but uh, definitely make some noise because old fucking ScoMo Morrison, <laughs> he needs to wake up, doesn't he? <laughs> wake up, Jeff, huh? Wake, wake up, up, Scott, Jeff. huh? Hey, next, uh, next thing that caught our attention was uh, the Taylor Walker racism scandal. What'd you think, Al Bradford? What did you think? Oh, I don't know, man. To be honest, it doesn't really surprise me. Not that it was Taylor Walker or anything, but I feel like this stuff hasn't gone out of the game. Like, it's just, if anything, it's gotten a bit worse. I think, I don't know, social media and the rise of that, if anyone can attack anyone, not in this case it was social media or anything like that, but I just feel like it's just unrelenting now, isn't it? What do you think? I just think it was a bit of a... There was a few messages and people were commenting on things and I don't know, like Dangefield come out, who's the president of the AFL Players Association with a, with a twi- uh, tweet, you saying this is a good opportunity for people to get educated and shit. I just think that's a fucking cop-out, straight-up cop-out. Tex Walker's been in the system. He's been a fucking 12-year AFL player, captain of AFL club, had some of the most uh, amazing Indigenous players play alongside, like Eddie Betts. If him to come out and use the thing, these opportunity to educate myself. Fuck you, you know. Yeah. Go educate yourself, mate. You've had you've plenty had, of time, plenty yeah. of education, plenty of opportunity. You don't need any more education, mate. The alarming part was the Mark Rashudo interview on Triple M, which is his big business partner. But he was speaking about like, you know, the casual racism and how we all used to sort of laugh at it. It's like, bro, what world are you living in? It feels like, like not not every, like the general population doesn't agree with that. You know what I mean? Like. I, you can sort of see where the problem is and you can date back to the camps and if that's your leader, you can sort of, if you put two and two together, it doesn't look great, does it? doesn't. Hey, I'll tell you one, one other thing. In his interview, he came out and made his apology statement. He wasn't wearing Adelaide attire. No, and it plain, was... Cl- plain clothes. And it was at 6.20pm after the news cycle and it just seemed a bit staged. I don't know, like you just... It's hard, like obviously he's copping it at the moment and so he probably should, but... He needs to get obviously. He needs to get looked after as well. Make sure he's all right. But you can't, you can't be doing stuff like that. Nah, no way. Hey, moving on though, um, something a bit different. Yeah. Uh, this one comes from TechCrunch. Taylor Hatmaker. What a very fantastic name, Taylor Hatmaker. Yeah. Uh, and for- she's a writer. And she's a writer. Yeah. Yeah. Weird. There you go. Doesn't make hats. Doesn't make hats. Uh, Fortnite's Ariana Grande's concert offers a taste of music in the metaverse. You said that so Australian. Grande. Adriana Grande. Ariana huh? Grande <laughs> strutted and soared around a candy-coloured series of Fortnite sets in Epic's latest major in-game live music event. The multi-day tour offered gamers and Grande fans alike plenty to enjoy while showcasing Epic's impressively smooth and visual uh, inventive vision for live events that millions of people can enjoy simultaneously. 
Fortnite players have known Ariana Grande event was in the works for a while, and the concert followed previous in-game events featuring rapper Travis Scott and Marshmallow. Scott's in-game performance saw 12.3 million live viewers, a number that Ariana Grande likely <laughs> is, event to, uh, is likely to top, given that it ran over multiple days. I'll give you the hot tip. I, I'm, I'm digging this. Virtual events, people stuck at home, everyone can attend. Well, man, I just think like if your head needs to be in that space, if you're if you're a performer and you're an artist, and I feel like that's cool as like you're just starting to see now. I think we're all starting to see uh, the technology and some of the things that we're, we're able to do. It's kind of like flexing at the moment. So I think we're in a good space and period of time where we're able to experience stuff like this and. Uh, uh, you know, it's probably not going to be the best uh, experience straight up because it's probably beta version and stuff like that, and things are going to get better. But fuck, man, like I don't know. To, to get an audience in front of twelve point three million fans at y- once. Yeah, and do you reckon it'd feel like twelve point three million fans at once? Because it's different to playing like a show. You know what I mean? Where like the nerves and jitters would be a bit different than just you know just you, doing it behind it. You can't screen. see them. You're in a you're in a little set. It would just be. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like it surely would be easier to play in front of that ma- that many people. Um, without the pressure of that, like, sort of face-to-face contact. Like, it's a bit different, isn't it? That's it. It is a bit different. Well, that was... Not that you care. Uh, no, but we got one more. We got one more that's, oh, uh, yeah. that's on Twitter. So, so By- Byron Bay uh, <laughs> has gone into lockdown. We're not laughing because lockdowns are a horrible thing, but we are... We're still allowed to have... Uh, we're still allowed to laugh, aren't we? We're yeah, still allowed to have well, some... We're allowed to laugh at jokes? Or I hope is so. It... If they're funny, you can laugh. If they're not funny, well, the pu- it's a bit it's I don't a bit know crude. what the rules are anymore. I feel like the, the public's not allowed to laugh at any <laughs> jokes anymore. But anyway, <laughs> search in Twitter. Um, one from The Shovel. I don't know if anyone's seen the parody account, The Shovel. But lockdown was announced in Byron Bay only 30 minutes ago and already stores have sold out of healing crystals. <laughs> <laughs> That's not bad. That was, not bad. Yeah, there was yeah. another one that was... Uh, Residents of Byron Bay, I'm selling Pete Evans' remaining stock of the Biocharger NGs advertised by him uh, as having recipes for the Wuhan coronavirus. <laughs> I can't believe he's got a Biocharger. This guy's off his head, isn't he, Pete Evans? I wonder what he's doing now. He's, he's stuck in lockdown. He'd be hating that, wouldn't he? He'd be at the rallies and shit, He'd be at the, I don't know what he's doing. But the other one oh, I have man. was Byron Bay stores limit healing crystals to two per customer as COVID outbreak occurs among famously anti-vax town. <laughs> hey, I'll tell you what. Imagine if... Imagine if the healing crystals work and we're just missing out on all this gold and we're taking the piss and they're just going, hey, the, en- the energy gods are looking at us going, look at these. I didn't mind this one too. A picture of someone with um, maybe a little lavender would help reduce your stress and they've just got, they're lying on a bed covered in lavender trying to protect them from the virus. <laughs> and you never know. That could be in the, the vaccines. Who knows, huh? Uh, who knows? Right, right alongside the mercury, huh? That's it. Oh, hey, we'll, we'll find out. But hey, we'll come, we've got a grouse episode coming at you hot. Oh, tomorrow. tomorrow. Oh, it's insane. We're not going to reveal just quite yet because we want that to... Uh, we want a bit of a pop on the Instagram or LinkedIn or something. We're hoping for something, aren't we? But we'll see you tomorrow. So <laughs> in that news, lucky you guys.